0: This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios, above Activate Gaming, and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: Red Wings trying to get the sweep. Three seconds left into the zone with the top
2: McCarty
3: up over the line. McCarty got
0: by his man. He scores! What a play there McCarty made! Now we got a fight. it! Oh, and who's he involved with? Looks like that's John Gruden.
1: That's the first time I've ever seen betting in a fight. Ten seconds away from successfully defending the Stanley Cup, the Detroit Red Wings. Their bench up, Osgood with his arms up over his head coming out. The Detroit Red Wings
3: the Stanley Cup for
0: the second year in a row. A long shot in on the new goaltender, Eddie Mio,
1: in goal. Look, look at that old school mask. That's something. He's a brave man.
2: catch it up. He's in. Six scores.
3: Kalima. Koster and Probert, though, that's the main one here. These are good friends. You rarely ever see Koster and Probert go at it. Most of the former Red Wings. To another
1: Their offensive catalyst, number 25, welcome left winger John O'Grodnik.
4: We'd like to welcome you to the Detroit Red Wing Alumni Podcast. This is episode Lindsay, episode seven, and I'm actually very, very excited again because I have Eddie
3: Meal back in studio. What's going on, Eddie? I wish they they could see this video. I'm giving you the finger. <laughs> Why do you have to keep saying it? I, I'm, yes, I'm back, uh, back from my road trip. felt like I was back in uh, playing days where uh, – God, we left for Colorado on the Thursday, and I just got back late Saturday night. So, Well, you went out to Steamboat. Steamboat for Thursday to Sunday, and then uh, to Vegas from Sunday to Saturday night.
4: Well, let's start in order, because I want to really dig into the Gretzky camp. But I want to talk about Steamboat a little bit. Steamboat's a little bit different um, type of game, um, I think, it, because it used to be the Red Wing alumni would go out there. And play a game, and that's changed over the years based on the charity and the sponsor out there. Tell me a little bit about what that makeup is out there in Colorado.
3: Well, when we first started it, uh, I think Joey met uh, – or George Bowman. One of the one of the two uh, met Kerry uh, <clears throat> in Aspen. And uh, these guys from Steamboat – uh, Kerry's from Birmingham. Him and his brother, they own a uh, sandwich shop and a, and a nice little bar out there. They own a couple of them. But anyways um, – Carry came to uh, one of the guys and said, hey, if you're doing these games, uh, can you think about uh, coming to us at Steamboat? Um, Steamboat being, for me, a lot lot nicer than when we used to go to Vail and, uh, and, and Aspen. It's a little bit more down to earth and all that. But anyways, we started with, uh, I think, eight guys, eight regular uh, Red Wing alumni, We brought there and we played their senior team, and and they added a few guys with us. But then the following year, we wanted to change it up. Well, actually, uh, Wayne Presley, Elvis, and uh, Joey got together with uh, Kerry, and they wanted to change it up where we brought in some other faces. And uh, and Elvis being tight with, uh, what do you call it, Uh, Chicago Blackhawks, we brought in five Blackhawks, five Red Wings now, had a game amongst them, but we drafted – from their senior team. So we had a full team of Red Wing with, mixed up with their guys and Blackhawks mixed up with their guys anyways. Then now they decide to change a little bit more. So the format this year was uh, to have a skills competition just like the All-Star. But what uh, what Joe and, uh, and and Elvis did was they went out and got one person from at least uh, the original six. So I afraid he represented Boston – Rick Natris represented Montreal. Elvis wore his, uh, his maple leaf Jersey. No kidding. Yes, sir. Bernie Nichols was from, uh, for the New York Rangers. And obviously Joey, myself, uh, and a couple of the Blackhawks, Brian Noonan and, uh, and, uh, Charbonneau, uh, represented the Black, Blackhawks. So what happened now was there was a skills competition, team kosher, team Presley, uh, and, um, I think my team lost because they didn't let me do the shooting competition. So that's why they lost, or the skating competition, you know. So did you You participate? I didn't participate in the skills, but I played in the game the next day. Same format. Everybody was divided. Uh, Elvis and Joe Kosher, uh, uh, they had a draft amongst the pros. And then um, uh, Kerry and uh, Campy drafted among their players. So, again, it was a mix uh, of pros and uh, amateurs against pros and amateurs. And it uh, turned out to be a real nice event. Um, Carrie last uh, last uh, figures was uh, they raised $70,000 wow. for that week. So it so was did, a
4: very, very nice trip. Did they play an actual game or was it just skills nope. competition?
3: No, nope. the skills was the night before, if you've been listening. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and next night we had a hockey game, Team Presley against Team Kosher, where Elvis and Joey... Drafted the pros, okay? And Kerry and Campy drafted the amateurs, and then we played against each other. Okay,
4: so let me clarify that. Yes, clarify that, please. Did Joe play against Elvis, or were they on the same team? (laughs)
3: Okay, Team Kosher, Team Presley. (laughs) What is going on here, Newman? I know we had a meeting last night, and we knocked the crap out of you, but come on. Get with it. So anyways, great weekend. Uh, they do a fabulous job. They've got volunteers that uh, the guys can pick their choices of uh, activities from fly fishing to snowmobiling to skiing to just about anything you want to do out there. It's a great community, Steamboat Springs. Very, very beautiful out there, and uh, we have a great time every year.
4: Well, we struggled with how. Yeah, as you know, while you were in Steamboat. Uh, we had two games, one Westland and then Hazel Park. Uh, you know, I bet we,
3: you struggled.
4: Right? Well, we struggled mightily. Uh, we did have Greg Maliki in goal both you nights.
3: You didn't struggle if you had Malley.
4: Well, we did have Malley. And speaking of Malley, you know, we really thought we were going to have him on today. Unfortunately, he wasn't able. We're going to reschedule. Uh, we're going to have Greg Maliki on coming up. And well, that's
3: a great story, though, Newman. It's yeah. a fantastic yeah. story. There's you not know, too many games. His time guys. spent in, uh, in Iraq there, and he kept in contact. So that's uh, That's a joy. Yeah, yeah to to it's. have the, him on.
4: And that's why I want to bring in some of the guys that play with us, especially on the Michigan side. You know, I was talking to Knubel. You know, we're going to have him on with probably Mally and Hunsaker. But, you know, Mally's. I won't,
3: I won't be coming in to me unless you start paying me, okay? Oh, absolutely. Seriously. I've, I mean, I've got to check the, for paycheck? You.
4: the The paychecks are rolling right <laughs> in. You know, it's based on our listener response. <laughs> and I know we've set up a PayPal. We got, have we got a
3: whole 10? Yeah.
4: <laughs> Actually, we're up to $7.12.
3: I mean, seven people, ten people.
4: <laughs> I didn't say how many people. Okay. Well, one of the things we also have on the line today, um, we've got Kirk Maltby, uh, four time Stanley Cup champion, former member of the Detroit Red Wings, now part of the organization. <laughs> Kirk, are you with us? Yeah, I'm right here.
1: Thanks for having me.
4: Maltz, how are you?
1: Good, thanks. How are you?
4: I'm doing great, and unfortunately, I've got Eddie Mio sitting right next to me. Oh, so,
1: uh, uh, sorry about your luck. Yeah.
3: <laughs> hey. Face for podcast.
1: He's definitely got the face. Got
3: the face for podcast. Maltz. Uh, don't we all?
4: You know, Maltz. As we get started, you, uh, you're just coming back from Colorado. We had McCarty in studio, and he was telling some pretty good stories. How was your experience out there in Colorado?
1: I was great. It was. I mean, I had a great time. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Other than uh, you know, my first shift, I tweaked my back, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, the experience of uh, you know the Thursday where we had the reception with with both teams at Coors Field and um, you know getting some pictures and talking to not just guys from the Wings but some guys from the Avalanche and uh, the, you know the Stanley Cup was there with uh, the backdrop of the rink and, and and the you know the empty stadium but the lights it was really cool and then obviously the game itself. Uh, uh, with the fans, uh, we were actually me and Mac did a, a thing down at Motor City Casino yesterday, and we we're talking. And you know, we 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 were just—I remember coming out of the dugout and getting booed as a team, and like it was a pretty good boo for a, a for an alumni game. And but we're, we both were on the same page as far as you know what we expected and, and wanted nothing less.
4: You know, I, if there's anybody that understands booze on the alumni side, it is Eddie Mio. So, that, that's good. You know, Darren was saying that it was a great experience. Um, he really relished the booze to know that people actually still cared about it. Um, I didn't know that you had tweaked your back. Maybe Dino can use that excuse of why he missed pretty much that open shot. Were you guys giving it to yeah. Dino on the uh, bench? No, God, no. I
1: mean, if it would have been a regular season game that, or a playoff game that meant something and Maybe not right at, after the game, but in time, you're like, "What were? You, what, how did you miss that?" You kind of bust his chops, but um, no. I mean, it, it, again, uh, you know, we could have easily been up three or four up uh, in the first period, but uh, Patrick uh, made some great saves. Um, you know, some of us uh, had some chances, or maybe simple, easy plays uh, in our playing days would have uh, been no-brainers. But uh, like I said, at the end of it, I think we all just. Uh, Wanted to, you know, yeah. Of course, you wanted to win, but uh, we wanted to have a good time, and I think we accomplished
3: that. Well, damn those goaltenders, right, Maltz? They did. <laughs> they did play uh, both goaltenders. Well, actually, all four goaltenders played played yeah. good. And I know that uh, uh, that uh, you know Manny's uh, knees have been struggling a little bit, and I couldn't understand why you went in the second half. You should have played him hard on the first half. But uh, yeah. Those games are just so much fun. I mean, it doesn't matter who wins, who loses. It's just the the camaraderie of getting back out there. Obviously, the the history between uh, your teams and, and Colorado's team back there. You know, everybody was hoping for something, but I think everybody, one hundred percent, were so glad to see everybody back on the ice as a as a competition again. Was that the feeling around the around the ballpark after the booze? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, a a lot of our phones were blown up, uh, you know, a few (laughs) hours leading into the game. uh, I guess because of some of the comments Adam Foote had said about. uh, No, yeah. Right. Yeah, about punching drapes and, you know, that we knew. You know, so, uh, you know, it was a lot of people from Michigan that were kind of texting and messaging, you know, not just me, but I think a lot of the guys. And uh, I think they they thought that that was kind of the the prelude to <laughs> something happening. But you know, I would have been surprised if something did happen. Uh, you know, just because I mean, I played over a thousand games. Eddie, you played I don't know, you know, for how many years? I mean, lots of stuff happens during the course of a game. Lots of stuff happens during the course of a season and a career of a player. But how many times does something happen and the team stays overnight in that city and happens to run into the other team or a couple guys from the other team? and they buy each other a beer and they forget and it, what happens on the ice for the most part uh... <laughs> is left on the ice and i know the draper Claude thing the hit in particular was more than just an average thing but you know years have passed uh... we've won our share of cups they've won their cups guys have been inducted into the hall of fame from both sides and i think i think if something would have happened, to, uh, do I think the fans and in, in, in the hockey world would have loved it? Absolutely, but oh, yeah. um, I think from a player, the players' perspective, we were just we, no one wanted to really go out there and get hurt uh, from something stupid happening, and we just wanted to have a good time and put on as good of a, a show as we could.
3: It's funny you mentioned uh, after the game. Uh, I remember I was sent down at uh, Adirondack to rehab my knee, and we were playing Baltimore that night. And Marty McSorley was a rookie. Joey Kosher was a rookie. They went at it that night. Next night, Baltimore was stay I mean, that night after the game, Baltimore was staying. We all went to the only bar in Glens Falls. And sure enough, Joey and Marty were sitting there having a beer together. So you're absolutely right. What happens on the ice, it's no different than any other profession. Stays on the ice, and afterwards you can't, you can't really hold a grudge. I know a few people have held grudges, but in, in this instance, it's all about – the fun, and uh, you guys did a great job. I mean, I enjoyed the game. It was a fast-paced game.
1: Yeah, no, it was. I think um, I think what helped uh, with the pace, uh, and, and I don't know if you want to say skill level, but um, was because of the, the the era, the 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 time frame of who was actually going to be playing, and it was nothing against the you know you know the, the Mickey Redmonds and and the and the guys that played in that era, but it was kind of the rivalry years of, of, of the, sure. the players that were in, in that stretch. So, so there are some guys, I mean, I was told that Samus Olsulich was just one year removed from playing over in the KHL. So, I mean, <laughs> so, you know, obviously a lot of guys uh, are still involved in the game, whether it's uh, in management uh, of some sort with an NHL team or coaching or, or, or whatever with uh, their kids' team. So I don't think a lot of guys were that far removed from playing. Obviously, at that level, yes. But um, so I think uh, I, I think it made for a good hockey game as far as pace. For a lot of guys. the only complaint I think from our end that we had about uh, had on it was the game went by too fast it, with the mm-hmm. non uh, sure. you know the, the running time. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I, it just seemed like it went by way too fast, and it would have been nice to get maybe even half a period or five minutes of each period stop time, but. I mean, if that's the biggest complaint or issue that came out of the whole thing, then I think it was a complete
4: success. Well, I will say that Eddie has never, ever complained about a running clock during an alumni (laughs) game.
2: Not anymore. You know,
4: it was was 20 years ago, Maltz. uh, You came to Detroit in March of 96. um, And I believe it was right around March 20th, so that's actually before fight night at the Joe. Tell me a little bit about coming into the locker room and then your expectation of that game.
1: Well, I got uh, yeah, I got traded here on, on the trade deadline in '96. Uh, fight night at the Joe was not that March; it was the following March. That that year that I got traded here was the year in the playoffs where Claude had hit Drapes, and then you know I came to camp the next year, and that was my first year. And that's the year that season was the year um, you know that it happened, but. Uh, as far as uh leading into the night fight night, whatever you want to call it, um you know there was no plans uh, i I mean if there was i was <laughs> I was left out of the plans, or no one let me know what was gonna happen um, you know we had played them a, a few times uh uh earlier in the season, and nothing crazy happened uh, I think from our standpoint our our biggest plan was to figure was figuring out a way to beat these guys because they had knocked us out of the playoffs last year went on to win the cup. I, th- I don't know exactly the, the scores and the record of the few games before that fight night, but I, I do believe they got the better of it, uh, better of us in, in those games. So we were just looking for a way because we knew that if we were going to try and go on a run that season, um, there was a very good chance that we were going to have to go through Colorado. Uh, but to have happen and and win the game at, at the end of it, um, you know, was not not the plan or the way we thought we were going to go about it. But looking back on it, uh, it definitely was a big turning point in the year for
3: us. Hey, Maltz. Looking at your 14 seasons with the Red Wings, uh, you know I've talked to a lot of people, and obviously you played most of those years with with Drapes and uh, and uh, Darren and and obviously Joey for a little bit uh, prior. Uh, you know, to start with, how much was it chemistry played in the role of the grind line being so good?
1: Well, uh, yeah, I, I think it definitely was huge. I mean, um, in particular with Chris and I, because of the penalty killing situation that we were, you know, we were, uh, you know, the, the pair, a pair that would go out uh, together. But um, I think when we were playing at five on five, whether it was with Joey or, or with Mac, um, we we all knew what each other wanted to do or accomplish. And I think... On any line, whether you're a checking line, a scoring line, an agitation line, or, or all the above, um, I think when when you are playing with guys and and you and you know really what they're going to do with that puck or where they're going to go positionally, um, it just makes it so much easier. And um, you don't necessarily have to be on your right wing or your left wing, or you know you know that the, you're going to have coverage by your teammate or your line mate. And, and we seem to have had that for, for whatever reason. And uh, I do remember, you know, leading into getting Joey, signing Joey out of the peer leagues after Christmas or after New Year's there. And (laughs) the alumni put him
3: up
5: there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he, you know, I, I was in and out of the lineup a lot during the year or for a good portion of the year and, and didn't know really where my role was. And then when I found out we were signing Joey, uh, you know, a right-handed shot like me and played right wing. I, I was like, oh man, maybe this is my my uh, this is it for me. Because, you know, my time in, in Detroit. Uh, but you know, shifting over to the left wing and you know playing the infamous left wing lock and and obviously Joey on the right and Drake's in the middle. It just something right out of the gate clicked, and, yeah. and Scotty stuck with us, and and obviously uh, you know I'd like to say that he, he he found something that that was a very solid you know, productive at times, but not a liability defensively. And then obviously with Chris and I, we, uh, you know, I'd like to think that we, we made a pretty pretty darn good uh, uh, penalty uh, killing uh, tandem and, and had a lot of success with that too.
3: But you guys also hung off the ice too. And you got to add, there's there's got to be another guy added to that grind line, even though he, he was between the pipes and that's Ozzie. Because all you guys were inseparable <laughs> off the ice. So, and that's that's yeah. why, that's why I, I I enjoyed watching you guys while on the sidelines. That uh, it seemed like the whole team, whether it was the Russian Five, you guys, uh, everybody that fit in between, the chemistry. And, and as you know, after four Stanley Cups, if you don't have chemistry, you do not win the yeah. cup. So
1: yeah, no, you you don't you don't win a Stanley Cup on fluke. You know, you can go on a bit of a playoff run and you can upset a couple teams in certain series, but. And that would be considered a fluke, maybe, or whatever. But you, I mean, you know, there's teams that have gotten to the finals that were underdogs and whatnot. And, but it's, it's not a fluke. You've got to have some sort of chemistry on and off the ice. And, and like you said, you know, I, I, I just remember a lot during the, those years. Uh, you know, we, like you said, like we, we everyone, I don't know if i call them clicks, but everyone kind of had their group of guys that when we went on a road trip, you know, we'd be going out for dinner, this group would go for dinner somewhere, the, you know, the Russians would do their thing, you know, whatever. But at every, you know, so many road trips or days on the road, all of a sudden it would be like, Stevie would be joining us, Nick litcher like, we, right. well, right. we're like, we're, well, we're not going to uh, Morton's, we're going to, uh, you know, uh, you know, California Pizza Kitchen, which is not a knock on California Pizza Kitchen, no. but, I mean, like, we're not going high end, we're just going out, to like, oh, no. you know, they want to come out, and then, and then there was always the one there two times during the course of the year where the Russians wanted to treat us to a, a Russian, um, you know, dinner. Sure. And, uh, Eddie, I'm sure you know how, what those are all about as far <laughs> as the vodka. Every, I think a bottle of vodka every second or third seat. And, yeah, it. I mean, that's it just keeps coming and entertainment and this and that. And, that. and, and so as a group, we, you know, we, had yeah, we had our little cliques and we did our little things. But as a group, we did things together, too, and we got along so well that it, it really did carry over into the ice for us
4: malts did you ever reciprocate when you were at home and bring the russians into the post bar where your click was <laughs> <laughs> well
1: yeah i don't think they made it in there too often except for maybe after the cup parties but uh, uh or the parade or something like that but um you know as uh as kind of i don't know the right word to put it you know the I don't want to say uptight tight, but like, you know, some of the European guys sometimes are like, why are you going there? Why you do this or this or that? But when you, they got into this, those scenarios or situations in those old dive bars or restaurants or whatever it might be, they're like, you know, they kind of for a brief moment, they're like, oh, I was, I've been missing out on this, you know, and then they realize why we frequented these spots or, or whatnot. But at the same time, I mean, th- there is no animosity one way or another for where guys did or didn't go. Or, or come out or hang out, but we never really had any issues because it just seemed that every once in a while it, it happened where it was a big group thing or somebody or a couple guys would come in where not normally they would. So it was, it was it is your family away from your family. You spend probably more time with the guys during a hot season than you do with your actual family. So um, it's, uh, like you said, it, it's not a fluke to be able to go on a, on, a, on a Stanley Cup run. I mean, you have to have chemistry yeah. and... You know, like a family you are gonna have arguments and fights, but it's uh it's always uh forgotten and, and move on.
4: Well, we know you're busy. We know you're uh heading out, you're doing um great work with the Red Wing organization right now as a scout. Uh I guess the question I also have, is your daughter still acting?
1: <laughs> yeah, I get asked that actually once in a while. Uh <laughs> you know, unfortunately with the, the uh the, the, the tax break that the, the governor took away from the from the oh. actors or they call it Hollywood North or whatever. Uh, they've moved on to another state, and there's not near the opportunity in Michigan to do what she was doing. But uh, yeah, she still does go on some uh, auditions and and for commercials more now, and some print work and things like that. But uh, the good thing about her is, is is she's kind of got the mentality like a hockey player. If something happens on the ice, uh, it's all forgotten. You go out where if she doesn't get a role or a part or or whatever it is, it's all forgotten, and she moves on with her life. And uh, and and it's uh, it's no worse for wear.
3: Well, with all that money you made from the Stanley Cups, buy her a script and put her as the lead. (laughs) Yeah,
1: all right. Well, I'm I'm not writing nothing, but we'll see. uh, Maybe one day.
4: Maltz, I want to thank you for joining us. You know, it was great seeing you on the ice a couple times with the alumni this year. Appreciate you calling in, and hopefully we'll see you around the barn.
1: See you soon, Maltz. Yeah, good good talking to you guys. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.
4: All right. That All was right. Kirk Maltby, once again, four-time Stanley Cup champion, a charter member of the Grindline. We are going to take a commercial break. We're going to be back in probably about seven minutes.
2: For years, you've been hearing me talk about the benefits of laser therapy at Pain-Free Life Centers of Michigan, but don't take my word for it. I brought a guest in to talk to you today, former Detroit Tiger pitcher, Dave Rosma. So Dave, talk about your experience at Pain-Free Life Centers.
5: Everybody knew my karate kick from 35 years ago. I've had a lot of knee pains. I came to you. Jeff, after a few treatments, made it feel better and stronger. And then I come back for another therapy.
2: Dave, how long did it take for you to notice a difference in your pain level?
5: The first day. The comfort level, the warmness, flexibility in my knee. It it gives you a positive attitude. Emotionally, I felt better because I'm a golfer. I like to work out. It let me do these things. And the most important thing, I felt less pain.
2: So, Dave, what would you tell the listeners to do to try to avoid the drugs, the injections, and the surgeries?
5: If you're suffering from pain, try Pain Free Life Centers because it helped me. Call 248 879 1100 or visit painfreelifecenters.com.
0: This is a previously recorded episode. I'm Thad Zot with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on DealsInTheD.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Thad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But DealsInTheD.com is on 24-7, 365.
4: Get there. All right, we're back after our short little break. Eddie was just complaining, saying it wasn't really a short break at all. He thought it was pretty loud.
3: I, I thought we were going to lose five of the ten listeners.
4: <laughs> Eddie, what's going on with those Red Wings?
3: Uh, you know, I think I've stated before, I think we overvalued our talent and experience. I mean, I think it's a good team. The Red Wings are, you know, is it a playoff team. Uh, uh, you know what we we sure started that way at the beginning of the year but but so
4: did Montreal. Yeah,
3: as as we know that, you know, second half of the season that ice gets smaller. Guys start gearing it up because they know that, you know, playoffs are right around the corner and they it, it's a lot tougher and I think what we've seen is is that either the tired you know the weariness of of the great start that we got settle in or other teams started playing us differently or, again, were just better than us. And, you know, we, we were losing too many games in the last minute. Um, uh, a little bit of inconsistency the last month, you know. Uh, Mrazik has kind of slowed down a little bit now. But I think uh, that's an understatement let's say that he's. I'm just trying to be nice. Remember, what, I was a former goaltender. Why do you Can't, think he got the hook so quickly last night? You know, I didn't watch the game. I was, I was still worn out from Vegas, but I went to bed early last night. And, and, and besides, we had the alumni uh, practice, our last rummy cup last night. Right. away, <laughs> whites won again. So, uh, and then our meeting, and by the time I got home, I just, you know, cooked some, you know, uh, a little bit more dinner than right. what I had. I didn't eat too much after the game. But long story short, again, Last night, does he get the hook? Well, that, that's completely the the coach's decision. Probably the goaltender's decision. Uh, coach Jim Bedard up top, seeing that he wasn't, you know, you know, uh, handling the shots well. Uh, they got into what was first period. They got down right away, didn't they? Yeah, they were down two nothing. They, they were really down two nothing. So you know, it's it's a goaltending's job. I remember when I was in Phoenix, and uh, I'd be sitting up there with Grant Fuhr and. And sure enough, uh, our goaltender, uh, I don't know if it was Sean Burke or, or Boucher at the time, one of the two, uh, you know, a couple shots, they were bu- you know, bungling and it didn't seem like they were in the flow or hitting them square or stuff like that. And I remember Grant getting the call from downstairs saying, hey, what do you think? You know, uh, well, and Grant would say, well, just let them in a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Obviously, I think that Jimmy Bedard probably said, hey, we don't want to shatter his confidence, but by pulling him, you kind of shatter it. So um, he's just got to work out of it. Just like uh, I think two programs ago, somebody asked me about uh, uh, Jim Bardard I don't know if, I mean, Jim Bedard, uh Jimmy Howard. I don't know if it was on this show or I did one for WJR. And I said the same thing. I said, Jimmy, I think, lost his confidence. You know, when you go out there and you're not you're not in that zone and you're not, you're not Letting the puck hit you, and it's not—you're struggling to make every save. You got to get that back. You got to get that confidence rolling. And I think that's what what uh, feeling right now is that come crunch. You know, that was a question I wanted to ask Malt with the young team that the Red Wings have. This crunch down the road, how does it affect these guys? You know, like I mean, do they have enough experience to fight through these next seven games? Uh, no, I'm sorry, five games. That's all they got left. They got seventy-seven, yeah, seventy-seven yeah, games. Five games left. They got five games left. So that's a big ten points that they need. Two at home, three on the road. But they need all ten points. Okay, yeah. they need them all because Philadelphia's got two games in hand. So I wanted to ask, what do you think this team's feeling? You know, can can Blasher, being a rookie coach in the NHL, even though he was an assistant coach before, can he and his coaching staff gather? the uh, the troops and rally them in to making that strong playoff push, that streak leading into the playoffs. So we're, we're going to see. I mean, I'm really worried right now. I, I, I still think we're going to make it, but um, uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, you look at the Islanders are way ahead, uh, and, and Philly's the only team really that Detroit can catch. Well, that leads, you know, two questions I have for you. You're, you're a
4: former player. You've worked on the agent's side. You've been in a lot of different locker rooms. Two questions I have. Number one, there's rumblings that Blashill doesn't necessarily have the room as much as he did at the beginning of the year. And the second follow-up on that is the leadership of Zetterberg as the
3: captain. Well, again, both are rumors. Unless we're in that dress room, unless you're in that dress room and you're telling me. Okay, so if that rumor is coming from somebody that's in that dress room during game time, you know, during the periods, during when he's talking to the group at practices and all that, I I tend to dismiss that. Okay, Okay. again, it's rumors. I mean, how can how can somebody sit there? uh, It's probably a reporter, okay, who is might come into the room to get a quote or something, and you know, no, it's not even that because uh, as a coach, when you're saying. Losing it in the room, meaning he hasn't got the respect of the players or he's not getting them together. I mean, that means this guy's in there game time, okay? I mean, how else can he make a comment like that? And I know for sure there's no reporters, and I'm sure there's no Red Wing uh, management that's leaking that, uh, you know, because it always comes back to haunt you. So, again, let's throw that out. I mean, unless we're there, unless you tell me and you're there constantly – and I may believe it. I don't. I mean, this is just the fact that every team is viable now. I mean, that's what the salary cap has created. Every team can beat the other team. Okay.
4: So Kenny Holland then has won a cup in the salary cap era as it's come in. Now, looking at this team over the next few years with the contracts that are on the books, what are your thoughts?
3: Well, definitely, we have. Yeah. Well, the second part of that question was, "Did Zettelberg is he the leader?" I mean, that's again, we're not in that room, so you know, just because they're they're struggling or they're on right now in the window looking in, meaning they need to be inside that house to make the playoffs. Uh, it's it's easy to speculate that. Uh, well, remember Stevie Eisenman was supposed to be traded to Ottawa because he wasn't a good leader. He wasn't a good captain, and Mister I, and that and that part was true. They were trying to shop him around, and then all of a sudden, they put on a spurt, and then they win the Stanley Cup. Now Stevie's the greatest captain in uh, Detroit history. So you know how that that can go. So again, rumor uh, to your to what we're talking about now. The fact: the, is, Looking at the contracts yeah, over the
4: next few years, do well, you that, think we're hamstrung? What changes do you think Kenny needs to make?
3: Well, obviously, uh, Z and and Datsuk, I I think they're coming towards the end. Okay, Uh, even if they sign another contract here, I don't think it's going to be as big. You know what I mean? As as they sign now. Do you think Zetterberg
4: or Datsuk would warrant a loyalty contract?
3: That depends if uh, Pavel wants it. I mean, there's a there's a lot of rumor that he wants to go back to Russia. You know, after he finishes, not leaving any time. But that changes. I mean, look at uh, Nick. Nick wanted to retire one year. Now, everybody said, oh, that's just a ploy. And then he ends up coming back for $10 million. That was prior to the, uh, you know, salary cap. Um, loyalty, yeah, you know Mr. I. Mr. I would love to keep both those guys here. And I think they will. I think they'll retire at Red Wings. Will they make the same cash, I think, now? I think they'll take less. If they can free up more money to bring in, they need an, an offensive score. Another guy like Larkin who can put the puck in the net. Because we thought that that uh, number 14 was going to do it, right? Guess, yeah. We uh, we thought that uh, Tatar was going to do it. Uh, you know, we thought that uh, a lot of these guys, after the years they've had last year, were going to pick up the, the slack again. We didn't even think Larkin was in the mix. Could you imagine if Larkin didn't become the player? I mean, that's 22 goals that would be missing. Who could pick up that slack? Maybe Nyquist picks it up if Larkin isn't around. That's all speculation. So the point is, Kenny's going to have to do some creative accounting, and they need to bring in, obviously, a real good, solid, Defenseman, whether he's offensive or defensive, you got to bring in a solid defenseman. Well, I think they thought they were doing that when they brought Mike Green. Well, in. I got no problem. They need another guy like Mike Green. Okay, Mike Green can't carry all six. I think uh, you know Nicholas uh, Cromwell's had just an average year. Okay, he's, it's not.
4: Well, I think I disagree with you on Mike Green. He's got six goals and he had one of those last night.
3: Yeah, but was he brought in to be offensive? I don't think so. Mike Green has
4: always been known as that offensive, defensive player, especially on the power play. He was the quarterback in Washington for many years.
3: Yeah, but Washington had a real good supporting cast around him, too, that maybe made him look. I don't think that— No, and I think that's funny because only
4: because this is the first time we're talking about playing on a Detroit team— that doesn't have necessarily a supporting cast. Well,
3: you know, Z still and that Suk is still that supporting cast. Very good hockey players, but they've slowed down a little bit. Okay, so I think to put the whole onus on Mike Green is is unfair right now. Like, if oh people, no, I agree. No, no, no I, I'm not talking about yeah. you. If other people are, you know, saying he should have had the year that he's had in Washington, I don't know. You know, like, when you don't have that supporting cast, and let's just say defensive wise. Because right now around the league and and people talking, especially when we were in Vegas, and you get the uh, the the uh, alumni pros out there, uh, you know you got Kelly Chase, Brett Hall, and you know you get talking. Right, the first thing that comes up is Red Wing defense. Their defense, not just their overall defense. Right. Their defensemen. And take a look, guys. I mean, look well, between right Erickson and Smith. You
4: know that is the biggest complaint I think with most Red Wing fans right now is though two those two and when you're looking at Green and Cronwell that's great but you know
3: Kendall's gone now yeah so well, Kendall was I think you can group him in that uh, you can and, group him in uh, so see I, I'm looking forward to marchenko and and uh, Olette you know those guys you know maybe this year it was their learning here for next year they come in and they, they're solid on that defense.
4: All right. We're going to take um, another quick break. This one will not be as long. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit with Eddie about the Wayne Gretzky Fantasy Camp.
2: I'm Jeff Morton from Pain-Free Life Centers. I'm here with former Detroit Tiger pitcher Dave Rosemont. Dave, how long did it take before you noticed any benefits from laser therapy? The first day. That's awesome. And how how did you feel?
5: It, It gives you a positive attitude. Emotionally, I felt better flexibility in my knee. And the most important thing, I felt less pain.
2: And as an athlete, you'd be an authority on pain.
5: I use my body a lot. I do a lot of batting practice at Comerica and it made my knee flexible, felt stronger. It feels good to me and the pain was gone.
2: So now you've heard from an authority on pain. So what's your excuse? I challenge you to pick up the phone and start living a better quality of life pain-free. Call 248-879-1100 or go to painfreelifecenters.com. We're so confident in what we do. We're going to give you a free consultation and a free treatment. So, Dave, what would you say to somebody suffering from pain?
5: Try it for yourself because it helped me, and I'm sure it's going to help you.
2: Painfreelifecenters.com. Do it today.
0: This is a previously recorded episode.
1: Door? What door? What's that mean? Ain't no place for a nervous person. I'm Thad
0: Zot with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on DealsInTheD.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Thad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But DealsInTheD.com is on 24-7, 365. Get there!
4: And we're back, not as long this time. Want to remind everybody that you can find us out on Twitter at Red Wing Alumni. and you can also find us on Facebook at the Detroit Red Wing Alumni. If you have any questions regarding the show, questions, comments, concerns, concerns, send to Eddie all the questions and comments you can send to Newman at detroit dot com. As we are finishing up our alumni season, Eddie alluded that we had our last practice of the season last night. We had our voting of the board. Once again, congratulations to Joe Koser, Wayne Presley, Paul McKinnon, and George Bowman for their re-election as officers. What we're going to do with the show over the next few weeks as we go through April and through the playoffs, we're still going to stay weekly, and then as we go into the summer, we'll probably do twice a month. Uh, but coming up in the next few weeks, we're going to have former Red Wing Jason Woolley, uh, former NHL Brian Smolinski is going to join us, Wayne Presley, the current vice president of the alumni. He's going to join us at some point. I know we have Greg Malicki rescheduled, along with Mike Knubel and Dave Hunsaker. And April 13th, we're going to have Lou LaPaw in from the Ted Lindsay Foundation. We're going to talk a little bit about Ted as well as autism awareness. Um, with Eddie coming back, Eddie is brand new back from Las Vegas where he was at the 14th annual Wayne Gretzky Fantasy Camp, leading up Team B this year. How was that, Eddie?
3: Well, we started off real poor the first day. We, we were 0-6, and, 6, and what, what, what we do is we got six teams, and each period is 25 minutes uh, straight time with the last five stop. And we treat that as a game, okay? So you play two periods against one team, but that's two games. So we had three games in the first day, and we were zero and three. But due to some great coaching, player coaching, uh, we came back the next day and uh, made the playoffs. Well, everybody made the playoffs,
4: but uh, and you were just giving me shit about that on my fantasy league. Well,
3: but the thing is, we ended up being beating, having to play the third place team, okay? One and two got buys, three played six, and four and five. Uh, we beat the number three team due to great coaching. So, And then we lost by one goal. Uh, who was the coach, seven, Eddie? Myself.
4: Oh, well, there you go.
3: No, actually, it was Keith Gretzky, but he was uh, the bus was a little late, or it wasn't late. It broke down. So him and uh, our other coach, Brand uh, Jansen, formerly of CCM. Uh, anyways. They were late, so I started the coaching process in my gear, so
4: how much did Wayne skate this year?
3: Wayne skates on every team plays twenty five minutes on each team, and then comes back the next day and and does it again on each team so he, he's involved, but the pros can't play the uh, uh the playoff games so but it, what a great week I mean well, who it's are, always...
4: tell me who were some of the pros that well, were
3: we had Brett hall we had um Kelly Chase, uh, Dave Semenko, Bernie Nichols, uh, Kenny Linsman, um, myself, Curtis Joseph. Did Grant Pure make it this year? He, uh, will you let me finish? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, George Peros, Um I'm trying to see who were all the guys that played. Um, Yuri Curry came in from Finland. Uh, he played. Uh, I might be missing a couple guys, but then our coaches were ex-celebrities, I mean ex-players, Grant Fuhrer, Pat Hughes, uh, John Muckler was one of the coaches, Walter Gretzky was one of the coaches, Keith Gretzky was one of the coaches who is now Director of Amateur Scouting for Boston, uh, along with his brother Glennie, who helps run the camp. Um, so as far as celebrities go, uh, oh, Dan Quinn made it in. That was nice to see him. I uh, Hadn't seen him for a while, and Dan, as you know, played on Mario's line. Right, scored uh, his first few years with Mario, was an unbelievable hockey player. So, anyways, uh, great time is had by all the the campers. Uh, I'd say sixty percent were returnees uh, of at least five years and more. Uh, so it just it takes place in Vegas. It's bl- We're actually going to play uh, the last the championship games in the new arena. And they're a week from opening up. No, oh. It's all built. We went by it. We could have went inside, but we didn't have enough time. Uh, it looks gorgeous from the outside. It's copper, kind of like look copper, like a penny. It's got the diagram. Copper like those Valentine mugs that you guys use? Uh, a little darker.
4: than that. Valentine vodka.
3: Yes, Valentine vodka. Hey, by the way, last week, check on World Vodka Awards. Valentine vodka from Ferndale, Michigan was voted world's best vodka of 2016. Okay, that's oh, yeah. a nice plug Don't, for you. Yeah, absolutely. And Rafino and uh, Justin, great job. Keep making the good stuff. So anyways, uh, great time. We stay at the Bellagio. The events are, are, are unbelievable. The stories that are told, uh, you know, that's what campers come for. It's not so much for on the ice. It's, it's for more... Uh, just sitting around listening, the camaraderie, the, camaraderie the, 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 bl- the blurping going back and forth, you know, the jabbing, meaning the, uh, you know, the, uh, I'll take a, a shot at you. You take one back. These guys are just sitting back and laughing. Obviously the cocktails are flowing too. What was
4: the theme this year? Last year I saw the Sioux Greyhounds and the Detroit yeah. Red Wings. This what year went the- back
3: to the Oilers, except we wore the 1972 first year of the Oilers in the WHA where the orange jersey and the oil drop. But on the back, if you rem- well, whoever remembers 72, the first year, the-, the Edmonton jersey didn't have names on the back. It just said Alberta. So better- everybody was Mr. Alberta.
4: <laughs> and I, I would like to mention that if you'd like to see a picture of Eddie in that nice little uh, orange jersey, you can find him on Facebook at Eddie Mio. You can also see him on Twitter at Eddie Mio.
3: Uh, by the way, to mention the Oilers, one of the well, I think one of the reasons Wayne went back to the Oilers theme we've done it before is we're all going back to Edmonton uh, first of the week uh, for April sixth will be the last game in Northlands Coliseum, and then they move to the new building, which I've heard is absolutely gorgeous. Gretz has told me, but more importantly, there's going to be over three hundred former Oilers in attendance at that game. Uh, Kevin Lowe has been busy, emailing and phone calling everybody he can think of, and we all pass the word if he doesn't have numbers. So I'm really looking forward to those three days. It's going to be a fun day. I get to see a lot of old uh, old teammates like uh, Ron Chipperfield and Blair McDonald and uh, uh, you know Dave Smeko obviously, which I saw in Vegas. Yuri Curry's coming back. Glenn Anderson, uh, Mark Messier. Uh, all the the guys that played on the those Stanley Cups, so it's it's great. Maybe good... you'll
4: even be able to see the loquacious one, yep. Peter Klima.
3: Peter Klima, I I don't know. Does he know? I think he knows yeah, about it. He knows yeah, about it. so I think he's coming in. So uh, one last thing, because I know we're running out of time, but I don't know if uh, Wayne is joking or not. But we were sitting around. Oh, I forgot. No, I mentioned Curtis. So me and Curtis were sitting around. Gretz came over and we were having a cocktail, and Gretz said. Uh, Looks at me and he says, uh, hey, do you think you can handle five minutes? And I go, what do you mean? He says, well, at the outdoor game in Winnipeg, uh, if you can play five minutes, Curtis will play the rest of the game. I'm oh, in. Wow. I can fool him for at least three minutes. When is that game? Uh, it's in October. I'm not sure when, but they got to do it early because it'll get awfully cold in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it sure so, will. So that, I think, next year, is the fir- it kicks off all the outdoor games. It's not the New Year's because Detroit. Right, it's part of yeah. the stadium series. It's part of the stadium series. So yeah. I, I'm looking. We'll we'll see if Wayne still remembers when it gets closer to October.
4: Well, hopefully, and we'll keep tabs on that. You know, once again, we're um we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, we'd like to thank you for tuning in. Please follow us on Facebook. Follow Eddie on Facebook. Follow Eddie on Twitter at Eddie Mio. Um, Eddie, I guess we'll see you next week. Uh, no, I told you I'll be in Edmonton. Oh, that's right. We will have a guest host.
3: There you go. I'll call in. I'll try and remember to call in. This yeah, time. absolutely.
4: We'll, well, it was uh, we'll difficult. It was
3: three hours sure. difference and I was on the ice at that time. So.
4: Nope. Completely understand. All okay.
3: right. Thanks,
4: Eddie. And when you, Jessica, our producer, we'd like to thank you once again. Thank Thanks.
3: You. Thank you, Jessica.
4: And we'll thank see you next week. This
0: is a previously
4: recorded episode.